Welcome, coaches. This is Tony Schiffman, and you are listening to the Hog Football Podcast. The Hog Football Chat was created as a way for coaches to talk about all things football and all things offensive line, and we took off via Twitter. With the help of so many great sponsors, we were able to create an amazing network of our coaching community. Now we've decided to launch our first ever podcast series. Please don't forget to check out those amazing sponsors on Twitter. This podcast series is presented by Platform, an online strength and conditioning tool that partners with over 800 schools across the country. Go check out platform.com, that's P-L-T-4-M.com, for our full series and catch up on any episodes you might have missed. Don't forget to check out at Coach Schiffman on Twitter and use the hashtag HogFootballChat when you're there. We have a great episode for you today, so let's go ahead and kick this off. Guys, welcome to another edition of the Hog Football Podcast. Today, I've got Coach Peter Jennings from Wisconsin Whitewater with us. Uh, Coach Jennings has been the offensive coordinator now for two years at Wisconsin Whitewater and helped them to 26 wins, I believe, over the last two years. Uh, before his time at Wisconsin Whitewater, he served as the offensive coordinator at Rhodes College, Carroll University, and Iowa Wesleyan College. Uh, so I'm super excited to have Pete here, and Pete, welcome. Hey, thanks so much, Tony. Excited to be uh, be part of this. Awesome. Thank you. I appreciate you coming on. So uh, we've got a couple pretty good connections, you and I. So we were both Illinois College Blue Boys, not together, but at separate times. Um, and we were also both Bloodhounds for a time. Uh, so, you know, you you obviously you started your career in Fort Madison High School as a player, and I was uh, the head coach there for two years. My first question to you is just kind of what is your best Fort Madison Bloodhound football memory? Uh, there, we had a lot of good memories. Um, you know, we, my junior and senior year, we really put together a couple of nice seasons. Um, fell just short of the playoffs both years, going six and three. So there was a there was a ton of fun stuff that happened during that time. Mm-hmm. Um, our freshman sophomore year, those we had a, a little bit more rough of a time, I'll say, but. <laughs> Um, you know, maybe the most uh, enjoyable moment or, or the most memorable moment is um, we, we drove up to uh, Fairfield, which is only about an hour away. Um, it's, it's their homecoming night, and um, we get lightning delayed. And this is my junior year, and they're like number three in the state or four in the state, something of that nature. And, um, you know, they're supposed to beat the absolute brakes off us, but we get lightning delayed. And we try to get out on the field, and we get lightning delayed. And we ended up staying out there until like 10 o'clock at night maybe 11 o'clock at night before turning around and driving back home so all night it storms we get back to the you know we get off the bus by midnight where everybody's back in bed by you know 1 a.m whatever it may be whatever time people got back to their houses but uh the the next morning we had to jump back on the bus after oh my. the whole night rains the whole night and this is before anybody had field turf so right. we get back up to to Fairfield for I I think it's like a noon kickoff and you know at this point everybody's just beat they're supposed to beat the tar out of us we're we're trying to stay hyped but um, we take the field and it's it's an absolute mud pit first play from scrimmage um, they take a handoff for like seventy nine yards. Somehow Zach Glasgow, who was a, you know, a, a all-state sprinter, somehow he hawks this kid down. They're running back down on the one-yard line. And I'm like, we are in trouble. <laughs> uh, 
we end up getting a uh, stopping them, I believe, on on making a great goal line stand and somehow miraculously pull off a 15 to 12 upset uh, in the rain, the muck, the disgusting, uh, the disgustingness that comes with all that. Um, and you know that was quite the I don't know 20 hours for for right. our football program, and I think it really showed what uh, how we could persevere and our belief in each other and our, our belief in our coaching staff. It, it really was a special, special event. That's awesome. That, that's, I, I don't know if I've heard that story before. I, I, know, I know I've heard about the win, but I don't know if I've heard about the, the having to go up and come back and go back again. So that's, that's, pretty, uh, that's pretty awesome. Uh, so obviously with your time as a, as, a, as a college football coach, you've been in for, for over a decade now. Uh, you've been a part of some really great programs, some really great teams. Uh, the first question I've got to ask you, you know, we are tied in with the Hog football chat, is how important was the offensive line um, for the success of those of those really, really great teams? Oh, absolutely instrumental. I mean, like, it, it really does start up front. Everybody that everybody says it, and I, I do believe most people believe it. There's, I'm sure there's still that, that select few that believe that a, a truly special signal, signal caller can overcome a lot of ills, and there's truth to that. Um, but at the end of the day, if you went in the trenches, um, offensive and defensive line, uh, you're going to win a lot of football games. And if you can get pressure with four guys uh, on the defensive side of the ball or three guys, the way some, um, some defensive schemes are starting to try to work towards, mm-hmm. uh, phenomenal. That's a game changer for the defensive side of the football. Same thing when we start talking about the offensive line. If, if those guys, if those five guys are working in unison, right, thinking the same way, moving the same way, protecting the same way, drive blocking the same way, whatever it may be, that is that is such a huge advantage, and really does set the tone for for the team and 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 for the season and for the game. Uh, and I, I just can't speak speak highly enough about uh, the offensive lines I've I've been around, the offensive line coaches I've had the privilege to to uh, to coach with. Um, mm-hmm. And I really do think that when you start looking at uh, the success we've had, uh, whether it's at Whitewater, whether it's at Rhodes, whether it's at at Carroll, even Iowa Wesleyan, it, it does start with those big nasties up front and. And I think Whitewater and schools like Whitewater are, you know, the proof is definitely in the pudding because when you look at our depth at that position and the size of our guys um, through the course of a four-quarter game, that really starts to wear on opposing defenses. And I think that's why you see us really start to take it to people middle of the second quarter. Right. It is. I mean, you can – there are definitely some of those handful of teams that you can say these guys were successful despite the offensive line, but it's very rare that it happens. And, and it is, it is sort of a shameless plug for us as the offensive line coaches to kind of get you guys talking about that, but it, 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 it <laughs> truly is important. 100%. 100%. So one of the, one of the questions I had for you, and, and, and I know you've, you've spoken about this at a few clinics already. You've, you've talked sort of about your, your guys' yearly game plan at, at Wisconsin Whitewater. I, I sort of wanted to get a little bit more in depth and, and talk some about what goes into your weekly game plan um, at, at Wisconsin Whitewater and sort of how you guys change it week by week with, with the tough conference that you're in. Yeah, so uh, the way we've done it uh, the course over the course of the last, you know, truly since I've been a play caller for you know, more or less a decade, uh, is we try to on Sundays, we try to get our base game plan up. It's sort of that, 
you know, it's a brainstorming board. So there's a ton mm-hmm. of ideas that go on that, uh, on that board and, and we do it by formation and, uh, we take out all, um, all downs that aren't first and second. And we try to really get a good idea for what a defense is trying to do, um, to our base formation and personnel groups, uh, base formations and personnel groups. And so the things we feel very confident that will work will, or that are good for us, that give us an advantage will go up on that board. And that's sort of how we try to leave Sunday night. Now, the more complex the defense, uh, right. you know, there are times where that, that ends up being Monday morning that we're, we're coming back in because we've just gotten stuck on a formation or, or something right. of that nature. But for the most part, I don't try to spit a, or, uh, fit a square peg into a round hole in the sense that I love trips open, but if we can't get a great feel for what a defense is trying to do against uh, trips open in our run game or our pass game or something of that nature, or we just don't like the amount of pressure somebody's giving us out of a certain formation, that thing might get cut, right? right? One of our base formations, we might just say, heck with it. Sorry, we're not, we don't need it. Why, why try to – why beat our head against the wall trying to make something work that doesn't have to work? So um, we do try to stay cognizant of that. So Sunday we try to get our, our base game plan done. Uh, Monday is when we start to look at situations. Um, we're going to be looking at our third downs all afternoon Monday and because um, that's our meeting day with our players. So okay. um, afternoon and evening we'll be working on third downs and fourth downs. Uh, once we get into Tuesday morning, because we don't have, uh, you know, we're not watching practice film with our guys yet. Um, Tuesday morning as a coaching staff, that's when we really, uh, try to put the, the, uh, the pins on what we're trying to do in the red zone, in the goal line, two minute situations, uh, things of that nature. Uh, and then, uh, Wednesday is truly, uh, you know, we're just trying to poke holes. Okay. Why is, why is there, why is this going to work? Why isn't this going to work? You know, we always talk about, you know, science right um when you're a scientist you're trying to disprove theories well i tell our 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 offensive staff you've got to disprove why this is a good play find a reason why swipe isn't going to work here or whatever it may be uh thursday we we take a little bit of time and we look at um but at this point we feel like we have a pretty good grasp of what the defensive structure is and and you know where a shot can be uh found and so thursdays we really do try to look at shots or or gimmicks uh because we do we'll walk through on thursday and then we'll go full speed on friday so we we actually we feel like we're gaining a day of practice that way uh one thing that i really want to start looking at more than i than i have uh is i want to look at second and long calls and I have not done a good job of that as a coordinator. And I don't know if it's just been an oversight or I haven't realized it or haven't, it hasn't, that, that idea hasn't been presented to me in the right way. But that's something we're going to look at this year as well is, is you know, we're on the minus 35 and it's second and eight. Do, does the defense have a tendency, right? right? That, that's a special down, right? Because we're trying to get half of that, that long yardage back. Right. And they're trying to stop us, right? So – we're going to look at that a little bit more this year. And then one thing that I – I mean, I get a lot from Coach Andy Kolnecki, uh, the former OC here at Whitewater, who's out at Buffalo now. But uh, one of the things that he, he said that really stuck out to me is they'll look at low red zone plays on uh, Sunday right away, uh, trying to say that that might be where you put a game plan specific play in. So there, there's a – that in defense is true to it traditionally don't change what they're doing in the low red zone, right? They, they make two or three calls and that's that. So if you're trying to put a game plan specific call in for the red zone, you put that in on Monday, you install it, you get uh, maximum time to work on that game plan specific call. Whereas right. the way we do it, that doesn't show up for a kid on install sheets until Wednesday. So I could see us readjusting that as well. Okay. 
What do you do? You sort of have your own kind of mental cutoff point where you don't want to maybe add anything in new or 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 you know like hey it's it's Wednesday Wednesday pre-practice we don't want to put anything else in to this game plan or or do you have sort of your own cutoff point for that? We treat it, we call Thursday our cut day, um, okay. meaning that if by if after practice on Thursday because I'll have scripted Friday's practice already. If, if after practice on Thursday, we haven't set, um, we haven't found the time to run a play both directions uh, against a scout look, whether that's inside Skelly or team, that play is going to get cut. Okay. We very rarely will put anything in for Thursday um, during the walkthrough that isn't a gimmick or a shot. Okay. If so that you're, makes yeah, any you're, sense. you're keeping it, you're, you're not trying to, you know, oversaturate brains with, with, brand new schemes or techniques or anything late that that late in the week no but you'll see you might see something a new wrinkle in on a wednesday which right. i'm trying to avoid as much as possible uh right. if you talk to coach shields you know he's he he comes up with a ton of great ideas he he's our tight ends coach um he he watches so much film and, and he'll come to me with ideas i'm just like hey but it's it's too late in the week and he, he'll get all upset with me but he understands that, it, that what our what our mission is and what our how we are trying to function so it, it's all good but uh, you know very rarely do we try to put anything in um on wednesday but there might be a couple wrinkles but then thursday is just a gimmick or a shot day and, and friday yeah sorry about you <laughs> right yeah so kind of kind of going along those paths you know wisconsin whitewater obviously is is one of the kings of Division Three, and, and you guys have, have had great runs. How how does that game planning change when you guys get into those deep playoff runs where, like, for instance, you've got to travel to Texas or you've got to travel to, you know, you've got to get on a plane and, and go somewhere. How does how does that game plan change during those tough, tough weeks? Well, I think there's, two, there's sort of two answers to that, that um, and maybe you're not quite asking one of the, the questions that I'm going to answer, but – First off, what, something I found about the playoffs, and, and you know, we've I've had the luxury of playing nine extra games over the course of the last two years, mm -hmm. uh, is that you start to see people's true, um, you know, who they truly are, the true schemes and true structures, because people do have it's unfamiliar opponents. You have a little bit less time on the breakdown, so. I don't want to say people get more basic in the playoffs, but the deeper you get, it does seem to be that it becomes a little bit more basic right. because of just your unfamiliarity with, with who you're playing against and, and the lack of time. I'll tell you, we went into that North Central game. Now, it didn't work out for us. Kudos to those guys. But we went into those, that North Central game. We had a really pretty basic playbook uh, call sheet bit compared to, you know, maybe week eight. Right. Uh, and, and I do think that that's good. Uh, but yeah, it does. It does. You have to simplify pretty quick. The other piece that I wanted to just touch on is, as a play caller, as an offense, and offense evolves throughout the course of the season, right? Like if you're playing ten regular season games, you've got a bye week plus your three week uh, camp. That's fourteen weeks of evolution, and yep. we're a living, breathing organism as an offense. So it, it shifts, it morphs, it develops. Somebody's better than you thought they were. Somebody's worse than you thought you were. You're, you're, somebody gets injured, so you're constantly adjusting right well over the course of you know i'm used to adjusting over the course of 14 weeks like i said well these last two years we've, we've been playing 19 or 20 weeks right? right and that's a crazy amount of adjustments that if you're not cognizant of um you can really over inundate your players uh with information like you mentioned earlier and so definitely what i've really got to be conscious of as a play caller as a 
um, you know, as the developer of our offense, I guess if you say, uh, is to make sure that I'm not putting too much in week to week with the expectation that hopefully this is a really long season and I don't want to oversaturate uh, our base stuff. Right. Awesome. And that's, that's, that's so true that, that, you know, you don't even think about that kind of as, as you go along that you guys are doing, I mean, you're going from essentially the 1st of August till the middle of December. And, and that's a, that's a long, long time that, that, you know, you're going to be good at what you're really good at and, and, and you want to try to avoid as much new data as possible. So you guys can be good at what you're good at. That's, that's exactly right. I mean, you can, we don't run C gap power. But I figure that if we put a, if we put a week's worth of time, then we'd be able to figure out how to run C-gap power pretty well, right? Right. C-gap power is really good for a lot of people. But I got to remember, it it doesn't have to be good for us. We have other things, right? Right. So just because we saw um, somebody have success against Wartburg in it week four, right. doesn't mean <laughs> that that's something that we got to be putting in for the, uh, the the second round of the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Trust trust what you're good at, and trust your guys, and and they'll they'll make. Uh, They'll make believers out of you for sure. No doubt. So one of the other questions I've been asking everybody, and again, kind of getting back to the offensive line scheme of things, and, and, and you, can, you can choose from, from anybody you want. What, what is one of your – or not one of your what – is, what is sort of your offensive line Mount Rushmore? Um, and it can be guys you've played with. It can be guys you've just seen. It can be anything you want. But what's your offensive line Mount Rushmore? Oh, that is that is a great question. So I would I I'd have to put Coach Shields at left tackle because he went his entire junior season without giving up one sack, and he will tell you all about it. So <laughs> Coach Tim Shields, um, Illinois College's finest. Uh, he's he's at left tackle. Um, you know the, and I'm just going to go with the guys that I've I've coached or or, sure. or played with. Um, so I think that's that's a lot of fun. Um, I got to put uh, Nate Truin. Our center from two years ago, who's playing with the Rams right now, yep. he's got to be playing center, and that's going to kill Coach Allen because they both won the Remington Award uh, for best center yeah. in Division Three. But you're going to you're you, going to hurt you're going to hurt Joe's Joe Hereni's feelings too. There, LJ, oh God, don't let him listen to this podcast. <laughs> uh, but uh, but you know, neither one of those two, Coach Allen or uh, Coach Hereni, are were six foot four, three hundred fifteen pounds, and could run like a deer. So they're they're going to have to forgive me. Uh, um, our guard, uh, we have a left guard who I think is the, uh, an absolute stud, Quinn Miners. He's just a dump truck. Uh, and then I coached two really, really good football players down at Rhodes. Um, DJ Coker, who had a sniff in the league this past year. Yep. Uh, and um, all right, and he's just had a mean streak like nobody, nobody's business. Uh, absolutely violent and athletic. I mean, just, just – but a great kid, soft-spoken, big heart. And then uh, just a monster, 6'8 kid. Um, who really developed nicely while during his time at Rhodes was uh, a kid by the name of Andrew Murphy. And, and I think that he was at times overshadowed by how dominant DJ was, but he was similarly dominant. And, and that was a big reason for the success we had. We, we had a pretty dang good offensive line down there um, to protect a pretty darn good quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. That's that. I mean, that that's awesome. That's, so you went a little different from the other guys I've talked to so far. I've, I've had one guy tell me all Dallas Cowboys, and then I had one guy tell me all Minnesota Vikings. So, so we had no Buffalo Bills in there. So that's uh, that's uh, that's different for you. That's good. I, that's that's good. unfortunate. Yeah. Travesty. Yeah. So, all right, Coach. Well, if you want, uh, we're going to wrap this up. Go ahead and drop your uh, Twitter information and anything else you want to add in, and then uh, and then we'll wrap this up. Yeah. 
So you can find me at PD Bananas, P E T E Y B A N A N A S. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it's who I am. I, I, I love that Twitter handle and I hope I never have to change it. And I hope everybody always appreciates uh, me just being me. Um, and then, you know, I just want to say thank you to you, Tony. And I think what you do with Hawk Football Chat is, is phenomenal. I, I'm really hoping we can figure out a way to subsidize our lost time with the clinic this year. But if not, we will uh, make sure that it's bigger and better than ever next year. So, yes, keep killing it, but my man. Good luck at Lake Forest. And, and, and oh, as always, anybody needs anything, don't hesitate to reach out. Yep. I appreciate you, Coach. Thanks for coming on. Absolutely. Thanks, Tony. All right. Thanks again for everyone listening, and remember to go check out platform.com for the full series of Hog Football podcast episodes. We want to thank everybody for their continued support and be on the lookout for our Hog Football Chat series from Twitter on our website, hogfootballchat.net. You can check out all of our great sponsors and tons of awesome conversations from the chat and the podcast.